Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back into another exciting and wonderful unrelated at birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams. Coming live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama in the frozen tundra of Madison, Alabama, and the frozen tundra of my uh, podcast studio, the Unrelated Birth Podcast Studio, because it's 57 degrees in my house right now. We are out of propane, and uh, it's 17 degrees outside with a wind chill of nine. Nine. Single digits. But... We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk fun. We're here to talk about NASCAR and Dale Sr. 20 years after his passing. And because of that, I have brought along my friend from the balmy House of Mouse, St. Cloud, smack dab in the middle of Florida, the one, the only, the phenomenal brother, Adam Joseph Russell. How are you, Dave? Other than cold. I'm cold. Yeah. I'm cold. Uh, we have a question from Twitch, it looks like. It says, not going to lie, is NASCAR still going on now? It actually just started up this year, or this yeah, week. This weekend. This weekend with a great race. Delayed, but great. If you had called Michael McDowell as your 2021 <laughs> 500 winner, I would have given you $500. Yeah. Easily. Oh, Carrie Loney. Oh, weather reports on unrelated birth now. How do I sign up for this job? (laughs) Well, 650 UAB show. We already have a Virgil asked a question. Can we have a Carrie gives the weather? Well, we have a Carrie tells a story, right? We do have a Carrie tells a story. Yeah. Do do we do we want to do the Carrie tells a story this early? No, I was just saying we have we have that. So he can call in real quick and do a weather report. Let's see something creative. We'll play it at the end of the show. You have about an hour and 15 minutes. Ah, this is Dell Sr. You sure just an hour, and, have 15? An hour and 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Adam, how, how are things, man? We were supposed to hang out this week, yeah. but uh, we, we had some technical difficulties. Yeah. School gets in the way and, you know, not everybody can just pick up and flash their blue card and have an instant vacation. You know, some of us have to deal with real world stuff of having two kids in school. I've know. got two kids and one kid school one and a half. Thank you. No, okay. not one. No, not one and a half. Daddy, I drew you a picture. It does not count as school. Sorry. Harper's in daycare. I have a test that I have to study for counts as school. So yeah. Elliot, you'll be there. Don't worry. Don't have FOMO. Okay. You'll be there. You'll be there. 
But yeah, Carrie technical difficulties, it was but it sounds like you had a great time. Right. Yeah, Carrie said it was not a great race. I'm sorry, Carrie. That was a great race. Just because your driver gets knocked out doesn't mean it uh, isn't a great race. Dave Rude Ro- dri- for Junior, how long? Oh, dude. Uh, 19 years. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> most of my life. Yeah, exactly. Well, ever since 2001. So there you go. Uh, here, here we go. Carrie Loney. They played choo-choo train around the top of the track, except for the last lap of every stage and the end of the race. Two big wrecks. To, it wasn't two big wrecks. It was. Uh, one on okay. 15. The one right before the weather delay was pretty big. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I agree. They should absolutely change the way that they race to match the entertainment value and not do what's fast. I agree, Carrie. Man, if only they if only they belong to a sport that changed rules just to make things more entertaining. Oh wait, <laughs> that's the very <laughs> essence of NASCAR. <laughs> Let's make an aero package where everybody is two hundred miles an hour, five inches from each other, three wide in the turns. And let the big one just happen when it happens. Yeah. Well, that's what happened in two thousand one. Yep. And it wasn't even the big one that killed. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a big one. It was seemed pretty run of the mill, honestly. But well, we'll get into this because it wasn't even the the biggest wreck of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shockingly enough, Tony Stewart still lived. Yeah. So anyway, so do we want to talk about my trip to Disney before we get into? to NASCAR or do we want to just dive into it? I think you can give a little bit of your story. Not bury it too much. Tell, tell about your, okay. Your okay. Conundrums so and such. We, we went to Disney and, and had a great trip. We met Josh and Taylor, the WDW couple. In fact, if you follow them on Instagram, you will see Josh wearing his five time guest jacket in Hollywood studios. Uh, but we were going to do a video. They were about to shoot a video and then the bottom drops out, and uh, it was hurricane force rain on Saturday at Hollywood Studios. Luckily, uh, we went back to the to the hotel, dried off, and got to go back and do Rise of the Resistance, uh, which was a lot of fun. If you were listening, if you're watching us on the Facebook live, then you would have heard everything that happened there uh, with Harper and our our conundrum and and me being a bougie DVC blue card holder um but uh but yeah so as you heard earlier it's cold here in huntsville and in north alabama and in middle tennessee we were supposed to fly back into nashville on monday night and uh pick up my truck and go home well because nashville was you know it is the white tundra right now uh we changed the flight to come back into huntsville on early Monday morning, get up early Monday at two o'clock to catch the tragical express. And we make it there. We, we pack all of our luggage. We go, we get to the airport three hours before the Delta counter isn't even open yet. Um, we sleep in the airport for a little bit, get on our flight, go to Atlanta. We get to the, terminal we get to the gate not five minutes after we sit down they cancel the flight from atlanta to huntsville so our luggage is still on the plane we can't get our luggage off 
we were going to just stay the night in Atlanta, but we decided to get a car and drive to Chattanooga, which is where my aunt is from, and spend the night with my aunt's house because Chattanooga is not supposed to get anything. We start driving. I'm PO'd, as usual. I don't have my meds. My daughter doesn't have her meds. So it was a fun day. Um, Adam, I didn't tell you this, but yeah. we get to Eight Air, Georgia. And so I, I rented a, a Dodge Charger. Ellie has not ridden in a sedan probably her whole life. We've all had SUVs or trucks. And uh, we get to the, the Cracker Barrel, and Ellie is just white. We had bought her a brand new Disney face mask, which the new masks at Disney are great. If you, if you have to buy one, or if you get to buy one, go do it. Because it's that T-shirt material. Yeah, and it's it's very 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 breathable. And, and Vance goes, "Who puts meds in checked luggage?" I've learned not to do that now. Duly noted, right? Yeah, duly noted. Now, <clears throat> um, but uh, so we get to this Cracker Barrel, and Ellie is just white. I think it's because she's hungry. We all think it's because she's hungry. And she looks at Amanda and goes, "Mommy, I don't feel good." All of a sudden, goes, throws up. Oh. In her ma- in her mask. Okay, 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 yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it was just car sick. She was so after after she Ooh. throws up. After she throws <laughs> up, we sit down to eat, and she eats everything. So she yeah, you know, she was herself after that. But then we, I start looking, and Brad Travis, our our, um, our meteorologist here in Huntsville, was posting. And I kept looking at all his posts, and he said, if if you can get to where you're going by 2.30 Central Time, you'll be fine. So I look at Amanda and said, we're making it. So we, you know, we go over the mountain and th- go through Chattanooga, get to, get to where we're going. About 45 minutes outside of Huntsville, it starts pouring. Mm. And I, I, I'm watching the cars the thermometer and the, the, the temperature just starts plummeting. Yeah, I'm sitting like my dad always says, you can't wedge a quarter between my butt cheeks because I'm so puckered that I've been driving the whole time. And so if you know anything about Huntsville, we're called the Tennessee Valley to get into Huntsville. You have to go through a couple uh, over a couple mountains. They're really hills to most places, but you could tell that one of these hills had been salted over because I, you know, it should be icy, but there, there's a definite lane to get through. I get home. We're fine. I fall asleep because I did, I took it. I probably slept for an hour because I stayed up to watch Daytona because yeah. uh, it was an awesome ending and I couldn't stop it because uh, for a while there, it looked like I was going to have a, a one-two finish with uh, Bubba Wallace and, and Austin Dillon, but nope. Not so much. Not so much. But anyway, so we get home and we're fine, but it's colder than a witch's extremity in in our house. And and I'm taking a nap and I'm calling Delta trying to find our luggage. And it's saying, yeah, it'll be there. We think, you know, we'll see. Luckily, our bags made it to Huntsville this morning. Um. I went and, and turned the, the Dodge Charger back in. So so now the only thing that's an issue is it's cold in my house. 
and my truck is still sitting in Nashville at the airport accruing a $16 a day uh, fee. Yep. But I, I was going to go get it tomorrow, but it's going to be snowing again here in Huntsville and Nashville. So I don't know if I'm going. But then I talked to my boss. I said, hey, I might need to take a day off. He said, let me ask you a question. How much do you make an hour? I said, well, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. talked it through and told him, he said, how One much minute. is your car? How much is your car accruing a day? He said, think about it. Is it worth taking a day to go get your truck when it's making, when you're making a lot more than this? I was like, huh? Good point. I'll go get it on Friday or Saturday. He should, write a, he should write a leadership book. He should. Yeah. He's a great, great guy. <laughs> Vance, if you were listening to the whole thing, we flew out of Nashville. The car is in Nashville. It is. Come on, Vance. <laughs> Get with the program, buddy. Uh, so so I just had a whole planes, trains, and automobiles type story in my uh, on my trip home from Disney. It was a little bit easier for you to get a rental car, though, than it was for him. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. But I was actually a little shocked that Enterprise was, would rent me a car knowing that I was going to go to try to go to Nashville or Huntsville yeah. when it's a, a whiteout situation here. Man, if they thought they saw you when you wouldn't let Harper on Rise of Resistance, wait till they didn't give you a rental car to get home, right? Ooh. I just want you to know every other rental car place I've been to today. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. And they would have said, have a nice day, sir. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> Jeffrey Martin said a few years ago he got stranded at Disney due to major storms across the South. Luggage made it home two days before he did. Wow. Yeah, I remember flying back from Disneyland when Irma came through. Yeah. And we made it back with that. We were the last flight out of Atlanta before they closed the airports to get back down here. Wow. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. crazy. So, how come if they canceled the flight out of Atlanta to Huntsville, why didn't they take the luggage off the plane? I'm still not following that. I, I'm wondering the same thing. I asked him three or four times, can you please just get us our luggage? And they said, no, sir, we can't do that. Uh, it'll be on a flight to Huntsville. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't okay. know. Which it also blows my mind, too, because so the flight at 830 was canceled. And then the flight at noon was canceled. But then they let a flight at 2 o'clock come home. But that's when the big snow and ice was happening. Yeah. Everybody's just making it up as they go along, buddy. I know. I know. The whole world. <laughs> I know. I know. The anyway, let, let's talk about something that that really isn't made up. Oh, Carrie says, they could have got it for you. You just didn't care it up enough. Carrie, I've worked in retail. You work retail. I feel for those people and, and it's hard for me to be a Karen except when I'm at Disney. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't go full care. Terry, Karen, when I'm at Disney. <laughs> so too funny. I know. Anyway. All right. So we are here to talk NASCAR and this, is, can we say 20th anniversary or 20th? This is the twentieth, yeah, the twentieth year of Dale Senior's passing. Yep, at the Daytona Five Hundred. At 
it was crazy, man. And and we're, I said this in the description. We don't normally talk sports, and you know, here it is two weeks in a row we've talked sports. But really, the Super Bowl wasn't a, a sports talk. It was yeah. it was more talking about the commercials. But you know, this is this event is a pivotal moment in our friendship because as the 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 the, the thing happened. I was driving over to your dorm room mm-hmm. be- because my cable went out with yeah. 10 laps to go. Junior was just trying to get into the lead. I think junior and senior were actually battling for the lead. Yeah. Uh, my cable went out at the university commons and I called you and said, Hey, is your cable out? I said, no, come on. So I, I came over to your dorm and as I'm pulling into that little alcove, I don't even know why I didn't park at your, like, to park. <laughs> you got to go, man. Ten laps to go. You got to get in the building, dude. <laughs> I pulled in that little alcove there where the, the dumpsters are. Yeah. And, and was running up the stairs, and you called me and said, dude, you need to get up here quick. Yeah. And, and you t- was telling me what's happening. And, and first off, so let's, let's, let's set the scene. Earlier in the day, Tony Stewart had a wreck where he flips his car four or five times over two or three cars, yep. and he walks out of the thing. Not a scratch on him. I can't remember. At the time, did Tony Stewart wear a full helmet? I think everybody or was he wearing did. The- I, thought, I thought he was then. I, yeah, thought, okay. I thought Earnhardt was the only one left that didn't, but I could be wrong about that. I Rusty still wore it. Rusty still wore the half helmet. Yeah. But I think because Tony's one of the newer guys and because and, he raced, he raced uh, open wheel. Yeah. And they have to wear the, the full face. So I think you're right. So and, and that's something else we're going to talk about. Uh, open wheel and, and all these guys are wearing these full face helmets. And so they know when they have these bad wrecks, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Senior, of course. Wore that half helmet that didn't do anything, yeah, and, and probably paid paid the price for it. Carrie yeah. uh, Carrie says senior and junior were the only ones wearing the open face at the time. I forgot junior wore it too. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. Huh? I'll have to go back and watch. Uh, but anyway, so you were watching it live. Tell me what went through your your mind when. Well, <clears throat> It's the same thing you feel going back watching it now. If you watch any of the replays, it's the you get caught up in the moment of of DW rooting for his little brother, you know, yep. and, and getting excited about that. And you're caught up in that. And then all of a sudden, as soon as he says, I just sure hope Dale's OK, you, you don't hear them talk that way. You know, usually there's yeah. a wreck and they say something like, well, OK, and there he is. He's getting out, you know. But for a seasoned driver like DW to be concerned, it's like that was the first oh kind of inkling that something's going on. But but you think, you know, OK, he's got a concussion or something like that. He didn't flip his car. There was no fire. You know, it wasn't up in the wall. I mean, you've seen what who was that? Bobby Allison at Talladega ate up yeah. the fence that time. I mean, you've seen cars helicopter, you know, 20 feet in the air. And it, this wasn't like that. But. It just slowly over the course of it, you do victory lane and then they cut over and you see the ambulance come through the brick and the, the break and the, it, just all of that stuff. Just it, it just like it, it wasn't getting any better. 
You expect there yeah. to be that flash of good news, like Tony Stewart over there out of the car. Great. You know, he's okay. And it just never got better. Yeah. You know? And, and what's funny, BK says, have you forgiven Sterling Marlin? <laughs> honestly, I don't fault Sterling Marlin for it. it I, no. Because that, when, when you, no one expected Dale Sr. to block. Well, he didn't just block, though. The, the problem is, is that at Talladega, it's all about, I mean, not Talladega, Daytona. Daytona, it's all about the draft. It, it just is with any super speedway, right? And you saw it at the end of this race. I mean, the aero package is different. And they don't have restrictor points now, but it's the same idea. You can get a run on somebody easily. And right. Sterling Marlin not only got a run a little bit and got some momentum, but Dale literally tried to block the field by slowing down. And that's so like his pulling your car out in front of a freight train. Right, exactly. You know? So I, I, I've never blamed him for that. But then again, I wasn't an Earnhardt, Earnhardt fan. But I always looked no, at it as Earnhardt was literally trying to block the entire field to guarantee out of three and four that Waltrip was going to have it. And I just don't know that that was the best decision to make. It wasn't. But yeah. And I've always said, a man that has been known to race tooth and nail – Sure, and it didn't matter who it was. He was going to his nickname was the Intimidator for crying yep. out loud. He was going to to race you to the finish line. He died being the mo, being the most selfless driver that he could have been. But in actuality, when you really think about it, he died living up to his name because yeah, Waltrip and Junior were one and two, mm-hmm. but who owned those cars? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He was being the intimidator for yep. himself. No one's going to ruin our perfect one, two, three finish or one, two finish, at least for them, you know? Right. Yeah. That, that was part of it for sure. Yeah. So uh, here you go, Adam. Oh, here we go. Your dad just left a story on the call line for the podcast about Davey Allison and Day, 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 Yule, no, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> <laughs> who was it uh, we great. saw at the, who was it we saw at the Barons game? Was Bobby Allison there? Wasn't it Bobby Allison that was there yeah, that was day Bobby. doing autographs? Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it, it just it was just so surreal. I mean, you know, you've heard of like, you know, who was it, Adam Petty? And you've seen yeah. drivers have accidents where there was a problem. You know, Davey Allison died in a helicopter crash. I mean, NASCAR's had various different things like that happen. It's just you don't expect it to happen to the top guy. And the thing about Dale Earnhardt back then was – in 2000, it wasn't like he was in the twilight of his career. He was second place in the points the year before that. Right. He earned more money in 2000 than he had earned in any year before that. He was he, actually still, won. he was yeah. Tom Brady of NASCAR, right? He was never going to stop. He you know? had just won the, his first Daytona 500 a yeah, year not, not, before. About a couple of years before, yeah. So, I mean, he yeah. was definitely still the top of his game. And, you know, it just was a shame to see it cut short like that, but. And he was, and I think he had actually talked and said that um, he was retiring at the end of that year or the year the next year. Um, and I remember people saying that he had the car that could possibly win the championship that year. Sure. And, and you know he would have had eight championships, which at the time he seven was the record, his record. Yeah. And eight. How many did did uh, Jimmy finish with? Eight. Nine. Uh, I want to say nine. Hang on. Okay, so it would have been one more that Jimmy had to had to contend with, but it just it blows my mind that it, it still blows my mind that he's gone, and, and it's been twenty years. Yeah, and you know, I was I was talking with Sherry this afternoon that uh, 
that I know Jimmy only had seven. Oh well, the, I, I, Sorry, I seven. could have sworn I could have sworn that he broke Dale's record. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, um, you know, Sherry hasn't watched a NASCAR race since February eighteenth yeah. of two thousand one, and, and there's tons of people like that. You know, for me, when Dale Junior retired, I, I was telling you, I, I, watching races. Holy crap! Who am I going to watch now? Who am I going to cheer for? This is boring. Well, now I've got Bubba because Michael Jordan's back in <laughs> Michael Jordan's in the uh, NASCAR game, so I have to root for Bubba. But you know, I, I understand. Sherry, you know, senior's gone. Who do I root for? There, for a long time there, there just wasn't a person to gravitate towards. Yeah, yeah you've got junior, and and I was the biggest junior fan, but junior wasn't senior at yeah. all. Yeah, there just wasn't a guy to race to cheer for, and I, I can say that right now. NASCAR is hasn't been the same since Senior's death. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you've got a driver out there. I mean, he won 11 one year. He won nine in 1990, 11 and 87. I'm just looking at this website here. But it's like, I mean, he was still doing that, still winning. You know, it wasn't that many races in a year, but he was still winning several times a season. And, and yeah. I think you've got, I mean, I, I'll never forget, you know, we went to several races. Um or watched a lot of races back then. I didn't go to one, but it would always be when Earnhardt was in the lead, the entire crowd was just lit up and all the yeah. hats waving in the air when he was going across the start finish line and passing the grandstand and everything. And if anybody else was in the lead, particularly a Jeff Gordon or somebody like that. Oh. Just, oh. And once that rivalry was dead and gone, poor choice of words, but once that rivalry was over, it kind of lost something. And then, you know, Jimmy Johnson comes in and Jeff Gordon retires in, you know, late in 2015. I mean, he hung on forever, but there hasn't been anybody that's captivated like that since. And if you no, look at the field hasn't. now, you look across the field of the Daytona 500 when, when Harvick is the oldest guy pretty much out there or the most seasoned veteran out there, you know, it's like, there's only a few people left that were around during that time. And everybody else is just so young. And the thing that I think has changed the most about NASCAR is, if, when you saw that three, you knew who it was. There was no question about it. You knew who it was. And the, the, the sponsor may change a little bit, but it was good wrench most of the time. And the yeah. color paint scheme might change a little bit, but it was usually black. Now, see, even with like Chase Elliott, who I like rooting for now because it's at least a tie to Bill Elliott. There's a, it's almost like the Earnhardt Jr. thing. At least it's a tie to somebody who did it when, when back in the good old days in NASCAR, you know? Right. But but even he's gone from the 24 to the nine and you see all these drivers change numbers every few years and change racing teams every few years and just can't build that consistency like you could back in the day when you knew who that was just by looking at the car. Now it's like, oh, hang on. Who's the number four this year? You right, know, exactly. It's, it's crazy how, how it shifted, you know, and, and I know that Dale's death specifically probably didn't have a lot to do with that. It's the way the business works now, but that it just doesn't bode well for the sport. You know, why am I going to go buy a number nine Napa hat with Chase Elliott on it? If he may not even be driving that car in two years and I got to go buy another hat and it just, it just, it's different. I don't know the youth and, and that, that kind of free agency just, I think have changed the sport. Yeah. And I think, well, it, okay. So first off, we got a couple of questions here. Sure. Uh, BK says, what did you think about the Earnhardt ESPN biopic? I thought that that was great. 
I need to go back and rewatch it because it's been a long time. But uh, uh, Pepper, wasn't that who was the actor? Bill Pepper or somebody like that. Uh, I thought that he did an amazing job and that made him look like it. Um, I think that I still think to this day they need to make a, a, a movie about the 2001 Daytona 500. I've said this forever. And Ronnie Dunn needs to play Dale Earnhardt Sr. He needs to carry he him looks, to do it before he gets too old. Right, but he looks just <laughs> like him. Yeah, he does. He yeah. always has. And I, I've always I said that in 2001. I think you, you and I talked about that then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But Ronnie Dunn needs to play that. Uh, that. Uh, Carrie says, Chase will never leave Hendrick. Buy all that nine Napa, Napa merch you want. Hey, man. I, I was rooting for him from day one. That race you we were. went to Talladega, man. I've always, yep. like I said, I've liked the connection to uh, – Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, man. It's one yeah. of those old, old timey kind of things. I know we sound like old men, you know, it's a tie back to the old days when racing was racing, you know, but it, it rings true a little bit as a fan, you know? Well, it does because true racing was true racing back then. Yeah. I mean, well, hell, awesome Bill from Dawsonville went 209 around Dayton, uh, around Talladega. Exactly. No one's yeah. ever going to do that again because so, of restrictor plates. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing Chase, I think, has fallen into, too, is I remember what I always liked. One of the reasons I always rooted for Jeff was he would be in 15th with the last green flag stop coming up and his pit crew would shoot him out on a two tire change and have him up in seventh. And then you could just watch the lap times and he would just catch up slowly. And, And before you know it, he just took over. It wasn't an intimidation. It was just like a war of attrition. He ended up at the front before it was all said and done. And he was in the right place at the right time. Chase Elliott had a little run there, especially when we went to Talladega and a couple of races around that where he'd be in the wrong spot. He'd get caught up in the big one. But his instincts have developed a little bit better now, I think. His yeah. luck's probably gotten better too. But like it, like Sunday or Sunday's night's race, he was in the right place at the right time and went from eighth to second in the span of two laps just because he chose the right thing and was in the right spot. And it's that kind of stuff just makes it fun. You know, well, so there'll be times where he's not, but you know, it, it made it fun to see that happen. This is where you and I have always differed. Yeah. You like that, that little sneak up on you type sure. guy. Yeah. I've always liked that intimidator type character, even, yeah. even in the rest my wrestling characters that I like, you know, I liked undertaker. I like the NWO. We're going yeah. to intimidate you and, and make you lose. Yeah. I, when it came to, to NASCAR. The intimidator was my guy. He doesn't care who you are. He's going to put you in the wall and he's going to take that spot. Now, if you put somebody in the wall, you get talked bad about, but they glorified senior for it. Yeah, they did. It was a different age. It's a completely different age. But I mean, you sit at there and it just feels completely wrong. Nothing against um, Denny Hamlin. Well, nothing against him publicly. (laughs) Everything (laughs) against Denny Hamlin. But it's just wrong to hear that Denny Hamlin has surpassed Bobby Allison for number seven all time of laps led in the Daytona 500. That just doesn't, it doesn't sound right, man. Denny Hamlin it should doesn't. not be better than Bobby Allison in any stat, any category. It just shouldn't no. happen that way. You know, and it's it's just a different age, man, like I said earlier. but Just like Nick Saban should not be the, better than Bear Bryant. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, but here, this is the world we're living in now. Yeah, but at least um, Nick Saban's kind of cut from the same cloth. That's almost like saying Lane Kiffin just surpassed Bear Bryant at anything. Okay, completely I, different I style. You. you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah, Brian Key, I miss Mark Martin. I, Mark Martin was the most vanilla racer. He's of the Cal Ripken. All. 
The cow <laughs> yeah, yeah. the NASCAR, man, he was always there no matter what until he was like 85 years old. <laughs> yep. You got that right. Um, he was gray when he was 20, though. I remember. Yeah. I never rooted for him, but you know what I miss? I miss watching that number five Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Terry Labonte's yep. car around the track, man. It's that big yep. rooster on the hood, man. See, I remember Terry Labonte driving uh, for Gibbs. Yeah. It was both the Labonte brothers driving yep. for Gibbs. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so back to our, our senior stories. Do you want to talk about the, the faded Talladega trip or do, do, do you want me to? I mean, we can both talk. I mean, I, we went to Atlanta. We were driving back from Atlanta. Yeah. And you were driving. Were you driving? I was driving. You For driving. some reason, I was. No, no, no. You were driving. I was driving. So our yeah, friend, you're right. You're right. Our, we were in the our, truck. Our yeah. friend, Sarah Bryant, was behind us. Yep. Because we, we had stayed, stayed the weekend at her house. Yep. And we watched the race, which was a great race. And this was our mistake. We said, all right, we're going to finish the race and then drive back. When everybody we was hitting the interstate. Yeah. Right. We were young and dumb. Good job, guys. <laughs> but yeah, we got stuck in the traffic. And at first, it's a, one of those annoyances, right? It's like, oh, why did we? You know, and then we were stuck in it long enough where the haulers started coming out. You started yeah. seeing them. And you, you talk, you, you say it, man. It's your guy. Yeah. You, you tell this part. Yeah, of this. I know. So, so every time a hauler would go by, everybody would roll their windows down and just stick the three fingers out. And, and it, it doesn't matter if you were at the race. Doesn't matter that we're stuck in this traffic. A trip that should have taken three hours took yeah. us seven hours to get back from Tuscaloosa to Tuscaloosa. But every hauler would go by that we'd put the three out. Anybody would pass, we put the three out. I mean, it was it was probably one of the weirdest car jams, <laughs> uh, traffic jams I've ever been in. It was one you didn't but mind being in. <laughs> it was well, it was it's a memory, dude. Yeah. It was a sure. memory. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember it. You probably don't remember much of it. I, I remember some of it. Yeah. I mean, what I remember. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go can, ahead. can we talk about when, when you made me drive by myself and. Uh... <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, one thing, what the thing I remember the most about the whole Dale Earnhardt thing, other than the day yeah. when it happened is I went with, did you go with me and Lindy to that Chevy dealership in Tuscaloosa? And they had oh. a big poster that they were sending. Like the one of the radio stations in town was doing a whole thing where you went down and you signed this big poster board thing. It was several of them. And they were going to send them out to the family and all that kind of stuff that the city of Tuscaloosa, oh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And why didn't I, remember, I go with y'all? I don't know. I don't know. No, left me out of so much. Hey, oh my gosh. Whiny baby. Um, you were probably had band practice. That's probably what it was. I have band practice. Um, or a basketball game or something. But um, but no, I, what I remember the most is that and all of the um, – on the radio, they played Diamond Rio one more day. And they oh. interspersed like, things about Dale Earnhardt. I remember like that. that one. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So I had I had a three on the back of my car and an yeah. eight. Now, and, and I was so mad because I had just put that eight on there. And then two years later, Junior decides to go to – the 88 I had to buy another eight sticker. See, that's what I'm talking about. See? <laughs> yep. Well, okay. So that wasn't junior's fault. I, I blame Teresa Earnhardt. for. That. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian key. I know what Dave was doing. 
What was I doing, BK? Was I hanging NCAA out with you? NCAA 2002 is probably what Dave was playing. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been hanging out with BK. I don't know. I don't know. BK, was I hanging out with you then? I don't know. Okay. No, anyway. no. Oh, wait. Is he going to say hanging out with Kim? <laughs> you know what? You, you, you deserve that. I do. I do. <laughs> oh, Carrie. The awards banquet that year, they did a tribute and Garth played the doll. I don't remember that. Oh, I need I to find that. that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the legacy of senior now. Um, what has his death done to better NASCAR? And what has his death done to hurt NASCAR? Whew. I think that I don't know that it, I think the safety aspect is probably one thing you could take away of how it helped. Yeah. Um, there've been so much of a focus on that since then. Um, it's hard to honestly remember how much stuff was before and after, but, um, Hans device, full helmet. Yeah. Um, Safer barriers. The whole thing has just kind of revamped itself. You know, the, the aero packages, even I think they put with a safety in mind, you know, but I think that safety probably is the one thing. And it's a shame that it took that for it to happen, but that's the kind yeah. of thing that usually is always retroactive. So I think that's the biggest positive. I think that the negative, it just felt like, I don't know. It felt like it took the wind out of the sails. Like no yeah. one was quite satisfied with it anymore. Cause you went from a sport where, you know what? If the last five races don't matter because Dale is in the lead by 180,000 points over the second place guy, we're going to cheer him on. And then when he wasn't there to like dominate and cheer for, it's like, well, let's let's change the rules a little bit like this. And let's do the chase for the next tail cup and let's do the, the playoff system and let's change and have stages. And it's like they've just tweaked with it, trying to find a way to make it acceptable to the masses again without him. And I, I, I don't know that any of it is helping. I think you've got the people now who like NASCAR and are going to watch it. And they're the people who are going to. And that crowd is slowly just going to dwindle. It's just going to dwindle over time. I, I, you, can't, you can't make people love it. It's something they just I, have to pick up. So let's, let's say this. I do hope that people like Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace will bring new viewers to NASCAR. Mm -hmm. And I, I really uh, – anything Michael Jordan touches – Except the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington to, Wizards. Ah, they were they were a playoff team. They yeah. were a playoff team that That's year. That's true. Okay. So any anything Michael Jordan touches usually turns to gold. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I have to say that it did feel like that interview they did with them. It's it is exciting. It's not the same folks, or you know, it's not even like front row racing where they're just picking up people off of contracts to to put cars out right. there to get the money from running. You know. I mean, he literally wants to field a championship team, and it is exciting. It is absolutely exciting, and I hope they get more than just two drivers and turn into something that's really good. But well, um, good, good. I, I, yeah, I, I've I've had this conversation with Carrie a lot over the last couple of weeks. I hate one car teams. Yeah, I think for this to be a true contender, Jordan needs to buy at least two more cars. Sure. And let's be honest, Jordan, if you buy two cars, if those numbers are not 45 and 12, you have failed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But 
who's going to buy 45 from Petty? Because that's the number that Aaron died in. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's going to be tough. That's true. Yeah, but I think, you know, you look at Bubba was up there. Adam Petty. I'm sorry. Adam. Adam, yeah. Yeah, Bubba was up there, and Denny led most of the the race. I mean, his two cars were up there, and they were competitive. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the road course being the second race of the season this year and seeing if they can can repeat that again and if it stays all year, if they've got kinks they've got to work out. But I think you've got two teams that are – Pretty, I mean, they kept saying over and over during the race that Denny Hamlin's crew chief has never lost a Daytona 500. You know, the yeah. two he was the crew chief oh, for, they won. So I think the, the foundation's there. Brian Key and Vance Cope. Shouldn't it be 23? You mean 23? 12? Oh, let me give you some Michael Jordan trivia here. Bubba Wallace's number is 23. Yes, that is his number. But for one game... In Orlando, because somebody stole the Bulls' locker room and stole the 23, Michael Jordan had to wear the 12. Look it up. There are three numbers that Michael Jordan has worn in a NBA game, 12, 23, and 45. Sorry, you can't get me on Michael Jordan trivia. There you go. Oh, you want to bet? No, I'm kidding. You would really win that. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, you would, you would totally win that. <laughs> I followed Mike his entire career. So, okay. Dave is a C- Tom Brady fan. No. Go Bucks. I hate Tom Brady. Always have, always will. <laughs> uh, okay, but it's not an iconic number for him, so why buy it? Because if you're going to... He's already got the 23. He's obviously doing, you know, he wants the number that's his. 23, 45, and 12 are Michael Jordan's numbers. So uh, if you're going to have a team of three to four, or two to three cars, why not have the numbers that you wore? <laughs> and, and Kerry makes a good point. He'd say nine is more synonymous, synonymous with MJ than 12. Nine was his number on the three, uh, two. Two on the two U.S. teams he, he played in. I could see that. That that might not be a bad one. If you don't want 12, then go get the nine. Uh, but like we've said before, the nine is not leaving Hendricks. Well, how about if he rounds it out with a 33 and a 91? Surrounds himself with the numbers that helped him along to be who he was. Well, that's not a bad one. See? Yeah. I don't think there's a 91 either. That could be a brand new one, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Was 12 just a spare jersey that night? Yes, it was, actually. He didn't even have his name on the back of it. Uh, just some, some trivia there, and it was in Orlando. So, you know, those crooks in Orlando. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you and I actually had this conversation yesterday, maybe. Um, and and do you think that Dale uh, – hold up. What number did he wear when he played baseball? 45. Yes. That's why he came back wearing – you know. Wearing 45, that's why he wore that when he was um, the couple of games before they pulled 23 out of the rafters. But do you think that Dale Sr. loosened his belt that last uh, Yeah, yeah, I brought that up the other day. There's a couple of – I always wondered, you know, there were whispers of did someone sabotage his belts and, you know, there were kind of things like that. I almost wondered if it's the last lap – you know, you've been doing this for so long. You're just kind of comfortable. 
did he loosen his belt so that he could get out and immediately start to celebrate with his son and a driver off of his team and little Mikey, you know, and was he, did he loosen him? And that's what happened because when, who was it? I can't remember his name now. Ken Schrader. Ken Schrader. He said he immediately knew something was wrong. And yeah, I mean, limp is one thing, but to look in the car like that and immediately know something's really wrong, it had to be more than just that, you know? Well, and, we, we never really got a full close-up of what happened in and that's, the car. And that's why I think it probably was something really, really bad. I think he might, with an open-faced helmet and the fact that was one of the immediate changes they made, I don't think it was just the whiplash because that would have been back. I think it was a forward momentum but that carried him been, into the wheel. Remember, there was no Hans device. No, it so there was, nothing that, there was nothing that kept you back. No, it's you absolutely could have been, but... I mean, the force with which he hit that wall, anything could have happened. That it could have been so hard that the the belts broke. I mean, you never you never know, you know. But the fact that we never got a full like, here's what NASCAR said happened. It was really right. bad, you know. So I, I thought, did he do something like that? And you know, honestly, as we're sitting here talking, I have to wonder. Um, he's his car slowed. You know, we talked about how he was trying to hold the field back, which is kind of uncharacteristic in any NASCAR race. Did something happen then? Was he having an issue in the car that caused cardiac him to, arrest? I mean, you never know. Well, anything no, can happen, I, and you never know. And you, but you don't have like a, you don't have like that post analysis to say, here's our assessment of what happened, and here's what changes we're making. It was just kind of really quiet, and then some things came out from it that they changed. You know, so yeah. Hmm. And and by the way, the number thirty three was Austin Cindric. He could buy that 33 uh-huh. for Pippen. And Cindric was actually doing pretty good on Sunday. Yeah, he was. He no, was. That'd be a good young addition. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, Kerry Loney says that there's a Dale Jr. download with Jr. and Schrader where, oh, where Jr. pins a letter to Ken and thanks him for bearing the burden that, of carrying around what he saw that day. To this day, Ken hasn't revealed it. Yeah. Oh, I need to listen to that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, BK says Hans device was available at the time. Senior just wasn't having that. No. Yeah, but at the senior wreck made the Hans device mandatory. Yeah. So, yep. I, you know, I, I, I just still blows my mind that all that we're having this conversation. I mean, I, it's cool that Dale died doing what he loved to do. Sure. But I, I, I sit and think, you know, the sport that we love at the time, what would the sport become be now if uh, if if Dale stayed around? And, and I'm pulling I'm pulling this up right now because we're talking about it. This iconic picture is that day, the last time that Dale Jr. talked to his father was this picture. Yeah. I mean, I need this picture blown up and put up somewhere in my office because for those of, us, those of you with just the audio only, it's a picture of the two cars, the eight and the three, side by side, and you can tell that they're talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. So, 
Anyway, yeah. but, but it's uh, honestly, I when you talk about what would NASCAR be today, yeah, I the safety things aside, I don't know that a whole lot would be different. Really? I mean, well, it was one car. It was one car. It opened up a spot after a year or two. When did, when did the three actually race again? Because it became the 29 and Hendrick, uh, not Hendrick. Um, RCR. Who was Jones. it that was in that car for the 29 when it was, tw- it was Harvick. It was Harvick. Yeah. Yeah. He drove the 29 for a while, you know, so Goodrich was back, but not the three. And it opened up some opportunities like that. But I mean, I think you'd still have the same young talent that you have now being an influx. I don't know that anybody retired any earlier or later or, I don't would know. We have had, would we have had Hendrick or not Hendrick, Harvick? Because Harvick is the one that took over that car in the very next race. That's what but I'm saying. Harvick, it opened up an opportunity for him. Yeah. But I mean, you got 43 other cars out there that, you know, Mark Martin hung around for a long time. Jimmy had a great run. Jeff Gordon was around till the Jimmy, mid-2010s. Hey, you know? Here you go, Adam. Here you go, Adam. Jimmy Johnson didn't race until the next Daytona. That's true. So there was no Jimmy. There was, yeah, but, I but he would have raced in the next Daytona with or without Dale, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. You I know. remember sitting in your dorm room at Rose Towers. Good grief. You and I watched a lot of NASCAR races together. We did. But I remember sitting in your in your dorm room at Daytona and like, who the crap is this 48 kid? Right. How does he, he's a rookie and he's got the pole for Daytona? Yeah. Yeah, he was a good one. Nice guy, too. Was that the same? That was the same day that you and I played that prank on Sarah. Prank on Sarah. The, vo- the vodka prank. <laughs> With the water? Tell, tell it, Adam. Tell it. I mean, so I, we, did it a, I, we did it a couple of times to different people, I think. Um, this we is acted, the one to Sarah, though. But we acted like um, we'd had water, and we acted like it was vodka, and acted like we were drinking it and drinking it. Just like, what in the world is going on with you guys? This is <laughs> not <laughs> at all like this. You know? Yeah. Going and, shot uh, yeah. for shot. But yeah, I, we, and- we, hook, line, and sinker on that one. I think I had Sarah the most. <laughs> for those that aren't watching on podcast, we did this to Sarah where we had this absolute vodka, absolute citron bottle filled with water, and we're doing a shot and then flip the, the shot glass. There was half a shot left, shot left in the, the bottle. I took the bottle, turned it up, and flipped the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> And then after I did that, I looked at Sarah and said, all right, I'm going home. <laughs> Grab my key. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the, those days when we were young. All right. Carrie Loney says, it led to NASCAR president Mike Helton retiring sooner than intended. Helton was, Helton was of the old guard and kept a lot of the rules and cars, uh, car changes we've seen that happen in sooner. Though Helton was on the forefront of safety stuff. Yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Bill France didn't even any better. Yeah. I, I, it's like I said, I, I don't, I don't know that his, his accident and his death hearkened it and made it come any faster, but man, it's just been a lot of just, I don't know, watering down and I don't like stages. I'm not crazy about the playoffs, but I get, I get the need for it, but I just feel like with the playoff system, you know, before I get it, you'd have a driver that's like, 300 points in the lead. Nobody's going to catch him. The last five races don't really matter. At least the last races matter now, but I feel like it's just like those other, if there's four drivers at the end, however many who are racing for it, you know, the other 39 or however many is like, well, okay, 
I'm just here to round out the field. I would almost, honestly, I would almost rather have like a Chick Hicks Lightning McQueen showdown. A (laughs) hundred laps at Daytona. Kajiga. Kajiga. Just the, the, whoever the final four is, let them just race it out a hundred laps at Daytona's in the season where you start it. And whoever finished first wins. Um, Hold up. Yeah. Breaking news. Okay. Carmen just died. Carmen, the Christian singer? Yes. Well, that's a shame. What? Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Just I was scrolling Facebook and Logan Seculo just said Carmen passed away. That's a shame. That's crazy. Anyway, so uh, we've got a couple of calls to play about NASCAR. And one of them from your father and one of them from Carrie. We do. So uh, go ahead, Adam. Which one are we playing first? I'll play my dad's first. Here we go. Hey, guys. Here's your NASCAR story uh, to go with your podcast tonight. Back in uh, February of 1992, uh, I was at the Buckmasters uh, thing. And uh, it was in uh, near Selma, Alabama. And uh, they had a four-wheeler race between Davy Allison and Dale Earnhardt. And uh, they went around racing around an uh, obstacle course they had for them there. But the very end, when they come up on the finish line, they had a small jump there. And in midair is when Davy Allison passed. Dale Earnhardt to win that thing. And unfortunately, the next year in July is when Davy Allison was uh, killed in the helicopter crash. Just a story for your podcast. Bye, guys. The last turn and the last bump of the last lap. You and That's Dale are uh, you and Dale are simpatico, man. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy like that. <laughs> Sorry, referring yeah. for anybody that didn't listen, what was it, one or two episodes ago, we talked the Andretti experience we did? Yeah. Yeah, I know. The last bump and the last turn, the last lap. I know. Oh, I, wow. know. I know. I know. I can always say I've got something in common with Dale. There you go. Yeah, those Buckmaster things were great, man. I met Chipper at one of those and Mark Lemke one time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. You met Limmer. Yeah. You know, what's, fun, what's funny about Limmer is you look at him, he looks like he had this high-pitched voice because he's so small. <laughs> I love baseball, guys. Yeah, but he, he's got this deep voice, and it's really weird to listen to yeah, him yeah. when you know what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because it was, was young Chipper, too, man. Oh, man. That was a lot of Back fun. when he had a real thick accent, and he talked a lot like this. Chipper Jones. That, My name's Larry. <laughs> that big water chew. Yeah, <laughs> yep. you know, he's he's gonna be a, a, a hitting coach for the Braves. I know by the way. It's exciting. Pitchers and catchers report. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow. Tomorrow. But if you're cool. listening to this tonight on thir- on Tuesday night, they report in two days. Dos Dios. Dude, baseball cannot get here quick enough. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and All play right. carries. Here you go. Hey guys, Kerry here. I uh, just wanted to chime in with a uh, fun Dale Earnhardt story. Uh, so this would put me back to like 1991, two, one or two, one of those years anyway, at Darlington with our family, or with my family, I guess I should say, not ours, uh, though we're all siblings. So anyway, um, 
at Darlington. Um, at this point, I had gotten to the point where we would go to Darlington, Talladega, Bristol, Atlanta, a lot of different tracks. Anyway, uh, Junie Donlet uh, drove the pace car at the time. He used to be a team owner as well uh, back in the day, but at this point had retired to driving the pace car. Anyway, he was amazed with the amount of NASCAR knowledge I had for a six, seven-year-old at the time um, and would let me in to the garage area to get autographs on cards um, and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, to the urn to the part, I was a big Rusty Wallace fan growing up and uh, was wearing Rusty Wallace gear and all that kind of stuff. And Earnhardt came through the gate and I said, Dale, Dale, will you sign my card? And he said, not with that gear on, kid. So literally a day later, uh, went back and Don Levy had an Earnhardt shirt for me to put on for when Dale came through. And when he did, he signed the card, and then I took it off immediately and showed the Rusty Wallace gear. And he's like, ah, oh, you got me today. So um, showed his, you know, hard-headed personality, but at the end of the day, so, you know, pretty kind soul, all that kind of stuff. Um, when it comes to legacy, uh, while there was a lot on the track and things like that, I think it's without question that we have to talk about the, the safety measures that, that his accident brought to the sport and, Truthfully, that's where his legacy will will be remembered the most. Uh, anyway, enjoy the show, guys. Yeah, that that's. I think that's what endowed endeared me to Dell Earnhardt. On the track, you're going to have to bleep me, Adam. I'm sorry. Oh, for Pete's but, sake! But this is this is the truth. On the track, he was an asshole. He was a pure ass. No one, thank you. No one, no one wanted to be in front of him because as soon as you see that three, black three behind you, you knew you were about to get hit in the rear corner panel because he would do anything he could. Oh, you had to charge your phone. Yep. (laughs) He, He, anybody knew that he would do anything he could to pass you and to make you fear him. But as soon as he steps out of that car, he loved everybody. And he joked around with everybody and he respected everybody. And I think that's the problem. Here I go. I'm going All to right. get a li- I'm going to get a little emotional. I'm going to get a little maybe political. That's the problem with the world today. It's either black or it's white. There's no in the middle. There's no multiple personalities like Dale Earnhardt. You're either for me or you're against me. When people were on the track, they hated Dale Earnhardt. But off the track, they knew that he was the most lovable person in the world. The world needs more people like Dale Earnhardt. Be strong in your convictions. Be strong in who you are. But know that there are people on the other side that don't agree with you and still love them. Still get along with them. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Well said, Dave. I didn't want to interrupt. That was, um, yeah. I mean... 
And, and, and that's the and, thing about it too. It, uh, that's the beauty of sport though, right? Is that when Earnhardt and Gordon were in the midst of their, you know, they'd feud in the garage, they'd bump on the track, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they still it's respected their, each other. It's, it's their job. They didn't go home and Earnhardt sitting on the couch and be like, I'm going to unleash a tirade. I know there wasn't Facebook back then, but I'm going to go to the press and print this story about this Gordon guy and destroy him. You know, it, 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 you go home at the end of the day and okay, I raced. You won. Good job. And we continue on you. another day. But it's now what the problem with the algorithm, because I won't call it social media anymore. I call it the algorithm is that it gives us a 24 hour a day, seven day a week anonymous platform to say whatever the heck we want to say. Yep. And we can never get away from it. And what's we, funny we never is put it down. And, and the thing is, is we are the product guys. I mean, I'm going to go on my rant a little bit because you and I have been talking about Facebook strategies. And it's not going to be that long. I promise you don't have to get a book, but we are the product. When you log into Facebook, Facebook is not the product. You are the product. And we're letting ourselves be simultaneously destroyed and sold by the monster that we've allowed into our lives. I'm done, Dave. I'm done. Seriously, I am. Is Black Spire a good book? It was almost a relief watching Vi disappear into the forest on her way to work. <laughs> on her way to our work. Chase, our chase could finally sigh heavily and dramatically and stop guarding his expression and posture. Oh, wait, you're done. Wait, okay. wait a minute, wait. Did, did you just say that in that book that he couldn't be his authentic self around other people that he had to put on the exactly. What a perfect thing. <laughs> he couldn't have picked a better passage. Because uh, I will tell you, and, and this isn't a rant, this is, just, this is just a short viewpoint again. We're talking a lot at work right now in a lot of our diversity conversations about bringing your, no, you don't have, unless you can find another passage like that, you don't have to break out the book, about being our authentic self. And authenticity these days is punished in a lot of cases for a lot of different people in a lot of different backgrounds. It is not celebrated. It is punished. And it's a shame because it takes all kinds of people to make a world. Even so. if Kath was dead, there were still stormtroopers on the planet and the, Oh wait, that didn't fit. No, that didn't fit. You tried. That was a good shot though. <laughs> good try. Good try. <laughs> Oh, Jeffrey Martin, are you reading the book backwards? Because earlier, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've already read. I've already read the book, Jeffrey. Yeah, ladies um, and gentlemen, if you think Dave needs a bookmark, uh, www.patreon.com. Your monthly proceeds <laughs> will buy Dave a bookmark. <laughs> and, and wait, are you keeping tabs on where I am in the book every week? Impressive. Right, attentive. They're attentive. Most impressive. Mm. Yes. Your dad says number three was infamous for the bump in the last turn. Uh, number 24 was infamous and in beating you out of the pits. Exactly. Yeah. The, the See, sniper that, versus the, the versus the right. Infantry, man. Yep. Yep. This is where Adam and I are different. I was for the, the just beat the poop out of you. Adam was for the sniper. Sure. At, in fact, this has Call of Duty written all over it. It does. <laughs> you are the 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 quick, you know, run and scope. You're probably the no scope shot. Oh no, I'm not no scope. I don't fire from the hip, and I don't quick scope. That is cheating, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't camp as much as I used to, but I like to. I like to get my points off of other people making their own mistakes. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm the guy that just says, oh, look, there's an opening. Go shoot somebody. He's like, grenade. <laughs> Leroy <Okay>. Jenkins. <laughs> oh, I love that video after all this time. Oh, but hmm. it's so me. <laughs> oh, here we go. Adam's a drop shooter. Hate those guys. This is a drop yeah. shot. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, Moving character are. into a prone position while firing to evade. No, I'm not a drop shotter. Yes, you are. You are a camper, though. Every time I've played with you, you equal camp. Dave, when I when we play one-on-one, like those kinds of games? No, no. I don't. When we're on a big map with a lot of people, it's all about hearing the footsteps, man. If you hear footsteps, there's no point in like running around the corner. You wait for them to make a mistake, and then you take advantage. No. No, you don't put sit there. You just don't double back and around and shoot them. <laughs> but you don't know which way they're going. You got to try to find them, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. That's <laughs> yeah. I do yeah, not camp. See, I do Adam not. is oh a gosh. camper. Adam is a camper. <laughs> we got this whole thing started now. <laughs> the phenomenal camper. Right. Yes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. All right, Adam, play your play the question of the week. Oh, here we go. Save me from this. Now dubbed the Chicago Hole, a skyscraper project was partially built between 2007 and 2008 before being canceled. It would have stood 2,000 feet high with 150 floors and been the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. Originally proposed as the Fordham Spire in July 2005, it was to be 116 stories, which included a hotel and condos. On March 16, 2006, the Chicago Planning Commission approved the new design of the building on November, then on November the 4th, 2014, a court ruling brought the original development planned and the extended litigation over the nine-year-old project to a close. The property was signed over to the largest creditor who announced they would not build the spire. My question is, what was the building proposed name when the construction began? Any thoughts? It is not the I-4 eyesore, by the way. I was going to say the Chicago Spire. Right. It was the Chicago Spire and it went by another name. Where was it? It was 4000 Lakeshore, I think. Was yeah, the name of it. Four, 400 Lakeshore. 400 Lakeshore. I still don't get how projects like that happen though. It's fascinating to me. I I love all the city planning and the stuff that Walt was going to do with Epcot. No matter what that video that I showed you says where we'll have to mm. post it in the group. There literally there literally is a vote, uh, a video out there where somebody tears apart what Walt wanted to do with the Florida project and called it like a creepy shadow government or something like that. It was crazy. It kind of was a little creepy. No, it's a, it's a, it's no different than a CDB. No, it's no different than it's a, they're not setting the laws though. They set the, the, the code for building. Are they, are they uh, listen here? Blue card. You own a real estate interest in said creepy shadow government land. So you might you want to rethink your stance on that one. <laughs> oh, I own. I don't say it's not creepy. But <laughs> What's creepy about it? I don't understand how it could possibly be creepy. I do think that things like the, the whole, like, we have this little 
area mm-hmm. that is personally ours. Okay. And no one else can make these rules. We make our own rules. Okay. In partnership with the county government, yes. But we are our own municipality, just like if you have a neighborhood down here with a CDD, instead of incorporating as municipality, you form a CDD so that you can determine your own schedule for road improvements and all that. Why would Disney World want to be at the at the mercy oh, of the county oh. government for getting road paving and stuff done? Let me ask you this, though. How's that red light d- coming? Uh, it'll be, The county actually put it on their schedule. Oh. The county okay. has officially put it on their schedule for installation within the next six months. So my theory was correct. Yes. Yes. There was, <laughs> there was no news story created because uh, right after she, right after she went silent on doing the news story, they announced that they're actually doing it with the County. So yeah. my theory is correct. I told her, please don't do a story. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was the right lever to pull. Yeah. So, anyway, but it, yeah. Hey, at least it's not Disney's America. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. You, you are correct about that. <laughs> Anyway. Jeffrey Mars said, I'd rather have the Disney project they planned for St. Louis. Than, than have Disney World? You'd rather Epcot have that than what? Than Epcot, maybe? Like the, the, the original Epcot plan. I'd, I would <laughs> rather have the original Epcot plan, personally. Jeffrey Mars thought Davis would say district instead of after Rally. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's St. Cloud. No, but I, mean, uh, I, I did cuss on this show. <laughs> well, so. you know. <laughs> But, you know, it is funny because I part of that video that I took offense to um, wasn't the Disney side of it. It was that they were saying that Walt wanted to try to create this weird city. No, it was actually it was meant to be a demonstration that other cities could benefit from. It's like basically it's like interventions. Interventions is always intended to be here's technology that you can come down and see and then go take and talk to this company and you could take it wherever you want to as well. And it was, it was never intended to be, we're going to hide the problems of the world under this dome and act like nothing exists. It was going to be like a world's fair of city planning. Yeah. you know. So I think a lot of people forget that. But we do live in an age where all these BuzzFeed sites got to come up with something to talk about. You know, They got to come up with something. Well, or else they don't I mean, get paid. It, this is Disney's 50th anniversary in Walt Disney World. So, I mean, th- this is the year that people are going to try to dig up Disney crap. Of course, yeah, of course. We have a YouTube so, viewer. Hey, DT. I don't hello, think we get sir. any YouTube viewers, so I just wanted to say, hey, guys. Yep. Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, Adam, what are you geeking out about this week? <laughs> I'm geeking out about pins, Dave. Pins? I'm going to let the silence stand. Yes, I'm geeking out about ink pens. So I have a... Mont Blanc pen that the cap threads have now stripped out on and you can just pull it apart instead of it screwing in. So I've been on the search for a replacement and it's also with all the house stuff going on. I've, I've it, it gets stressful from time to time. And when I get stressful, I find myself at Staples. I don't know why <laughs> I know. Give me the, everybody on Facebook can see it, but I wish I could put that, that look Dave's giving me into sound. But think about how much time I spent in college in front of a piece of paper with a pen or a pencil. That's when when I (laughs) very true. When I get stressed out, I I I love going to Staples. I don't know why, but pens are a thing. And I have found my my perfect fountain pen. I love writing with a fountain pen. And I have found one. It's a pilot, Metropolitan. So I'm happy guy. 
Carrie says Dave will just click it constantly when you find it. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't click, thankfully. Are you doing that in the mic right now? Is that what that is? I am. Is that a Sharpie pen? No. Let me see it real quick. Ooh. That's not a Sharpie gel ink? Yes, it, it is. I knew what kind of pen that was. See, and I told you I am a pen nerd. I'm proud nerd? of myself, and well, I should be proud of myself When you that. said Sharpie pen, I have a Sharpie pen right here. Oh, no, that's one of the new gel ones. I don't mind those, but they don't write well on my notebook. They kind of smear those gel pens, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am impressed that you knew this was a Sharpie gel. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a couple right here. Hang on. See, this is my, my pens that I've gone through. I've got hey, wait, some of these that like erase. These are pretty cool, it's, the frictions that erase. Was that a TARDIS? This is a TARDIS, yes. Funny. Here's my pen. <laughs> Veda. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, if I didn't like this fountain pen, Uniball Visions would be my next. So that's what I'm geeking out about. Those are the Uniball Visions. Those are good pens. But though, I, see, okay, I don't like ink that can spread. And yeah. those Uniball Visions, they, they smear a little bit. They do. Well, okay, so Carrie asked a question. See, I knew this was a good thing to talk about. So Adam isn't a pencil guy. I actually like both the original and the noir Ticonderogas. I'm a Ticonderoga guy when it comes to pencils. So I have, I actually have probably... Oh, oh, mine's a Ticonderoga. Oh, see, good job. Excellent. You can't tell yeah. because... It's in green. And and to, to, to Jeffrey's point, the, I use a TARDIS because it's bigger on the inside so it can hold more pins. Yes, that's accurate. Um, but I actually have probably can, four or five. Can you see my eye roll? Can you yes. see my eye roll? Yes. So I actually have four or five Moleskine notebooks from the last probably year because about every two to three I, months I fill one up. And they were all in pencil. And then I got a standing desk. And I found that when I stand... I move my hands on the surface of my desk a lot more and I end up smearing the pencil on the open page. So I've switched back to ink now. So if you don't have a black and red notebook, you're doing it wrong. If you don't have a, I, I'd have to say I've been a big Moleskine fan, but I'm actually going to switch not to black and red though. I do have some black and reds though. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, whoa, 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 wait, is Dave a doctor who hater? No, I'm a number. I'm a 13th doctor hater. Well, that's but, the story. It's not the doctor. The stories haven't been great this season. The last two seasons. Uh, she's yeah. not a great doctor. She's not a great doctor. I like her enthusiasm. I, th I think she's too much of an impression of 10, though. I think Anybody after 10, not a good doctor. Yeah. So anymore, back to pens. <laughs> BK says, how much is too much to spend on a pen? So this, this um, Pilot Metropolitan was only 20 bucks for the pen and 12 refills. What? Yeah, it, but it's I don't I don't. I can get a pack of ten. It's not for disposable. five bucks. It's not disposable though. So twenty bucks for this and twelve refills, and I, that's probably a good price point for me. There are a couple I looked at that were in like the fifty to seventy dollar range, but uh, we'll get pen? to those eventually. Yeah, for it's a pen, it is. It's important to me, Dave. I am to pens as you are to bourbon. You could, you could, you could literally. God, God could sit at his computer, open up a file folder, click bourbon.exe, and hit uninstall, and my life would be just the same as it was yesterday. I know, I know. For you, he could do the it same. It took you three years to drink a bottle of Blanton. It took it. it did, you could go to <laughs> pin.exe, 
and he could uninstall that and you would feel the same way. So you spend $70 on a pin where I, I spend said $70 looking, on a yeah. bottle of bourbon. I, well, I use my pin for nine hours a day, every day. Well, I guess you drink bourbon for nine hours a day, every day. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean. Yeah. See, <laughs> do you know how many Funko <laughs> buy with that pin money? That's what Jeff says. But, but to Jeffrey's Bingo. point, last thing about notebooks, um, like I said, I used to be a Moleskine guy, but I'm actually getting away from it because fountain pens tend to bleed a little bit and um, doesn't really matter that much, but I am currently evaluating my notebook choice. So I will keep you posted on what I choose next. You know, they have these really cool notebooks at Disney I saw that's like, like really thick books. Mm-hmm. You need to go look at them. They, they're, they're really cool. Uh, it's, they have like the Pinocchio and Snow White. And it looks like you're opening up a, a, a storybook, but it's an oh, actual cool. notebook. Yeah. I like those. I like the VHS ones too. Yeah. Those I are cool. Like the VHS. Yeah. Not moleskin. No, moleskin. I, I don't know. That's how I say it. Who knows? Nah, you're anyway. probably saying it wrong. Anyway. <laughs> so what I'm geeking about, I told you to watch, did you watch any of this on Netflix? What I told you to watch I, that you told me that at like, what time today? I told you yesterday. Yesterday. What time yesterday? Five o'clock in my time, so six o'clock your time. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had time. You haven't you chase. Me 24 hours. The chase. It the is chase. a new it's a new Kevin or the crew, I'm sorry. The crew, yeah. A new Kevin James show on Netflix. Oh, that's why he did the whole thing at the beginning of the five hundred. Yeah, where he is the crew chief. Uh, for a, a NASCAR team. It is hilarious. Okay. And you know, anything Kevin James touches is usually really good. Mm. Paul Blart Mall Cop. Okay, that was bad. Any TV show Kevin James touches is usually good. Nice. And this is even better. It is incredible. And there's 10 episodes. We started it yesterday. We're already on episode eight. It's, it's, I mean, I have not laughed. So what makes it funny to me is it's NASCAR. Yeah. So they bring in the, the NASCAR humor, but then it's also Kevin James humor. So it's, 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 it's great. It's nice. You need to watch, you would get a kick out of it. I will. I still have to watch the latest WandaVision though. You have, oh, Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm glad I mentioned that then. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk spo- what we think the big reveal will be? You talking about the, the cameo they're, they're talking about? Yeah. So they say it can be as big, if not bigger than Mark Hamill in, uh, um, in, in Mandal- so Mandalorian. Did, did he actually, so he actually acted that and they just mocapped over his face or something. I think that's what they're saying. He was actually on set. Okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen theories that start with Dr. Strange, that Benedict Cumberbund is going to be. Um, Cumberbatch. <laughs> it's going to be on the show. Um, but um, who was it? Who, Paul Bettany. He had a quote when they were discussing it that he, it's an actor that he always wanted to work with. So it's like, okay, that could mean a lot of different people from the X-Men universe but then who has he not actually been on screen with, if anybody, in the actual Avenger movies? It could be kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of making you think it's somebody outside of the normal group. So, I don't know. 
Doctor Strange would make the most sense, but I think it'll be more surprising than that. Mm, I don't you think know? so. I think it'll be more I, surprising. I think it'll be this week. Every week we've been seeing a different TV show, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a spoiler, but last week was basically Malcolm in the Middle. So this week, they're saying this is the last week that we get um, a TV show. The year 2000s. Yep. We already have Asian Jim. Which I've wondered why he's on the show. He doesn't really fit the, the role that much of an agent. Well, but he w- he was an agent in Ant Man. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, like the, I don't know. But the casting never fit for me. We already have Asian Jim. Yeah. So I think this week is going to be the Office, and Asian Jim. You know, he'll be part of WandaVision because you know he got caught up in that. Okay. <laughs> For those that have watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and this is where we bring in, as Vance Coach just says, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. They've already said they were calling in an engineer, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's been long rumored that Krasinski is coming in to be the new Reed Richards. Oh, you want to talk about giving some life to the Fantastic Four, which has tried twice oh. and just bombed out? Now, hold up now. I liked the original Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah. The dude that played Doctor Doom was perfect. Yeah, that's true. I, they have to bring the Fantastic Four in somehow, because like we mentioned in the Marvel or the DC episode, Doctor Doom is my favorite. They have to find a way to integrate all of that. I have to have some yep. Doctor Doom in this now. Yep. Otherwise, I, I think that you're going to have to have something familiar. And, and it's interesting because Jeffrey said Professor X or Magneto. I think those are possible. Because Magneto is, you know, Scarlet yeah, Witch is. That, no, 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 not anymore. Not in, not in the the comics anymore. They've retrofitted where it's not Magneto's kids. Okay, but I think I think that having the X Men tie in would be good. But I think the problem you're going to face if the if the villains are the type that they're talking about with Mephisto and all of this, just like we were talking with DC, it's a fine line to walk to be beholden to the comics. Right. But you can get a little bit too obscure to where your normal everyday Marvel fans going to be like, I know Captain America. I know Iron Man. I know Dr. Doom. I don't know who this guy is. And you're going to have to right. get them pretty invested pretty quick. So having the Fantastic Four, having Dr. Doom being part of it, I think um, I think that would that would bring at least some familiar faces in. So, OK, OK, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see this week. Oh, Vance Cope, Krasinski and his wife have a non-specific Marvel development contract. So does that mean Mary Poppins gets written into the Marvel M's? No, no, no. <laughs> That's the cameo. Mary- it's Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Best moment of any Marvel movie ever. I love it. Can, can we uh, get Mary Poppins as, as the invisible, whatever oh, her name is? If only WandaVision would have been movies instead of TV shows, and Mary Poppins was one of the movies. I, it's, Vision dancing with penguins would have been pretty pretty high up on my list of cool things to see. Hmm. Not so much, Dave. No. <laughs> 
It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound atrocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Because I was afraid to speak when I was just a lad. My father gave me nose a tweak and told me I was bad. <laughs> okay. They can't they can't flag the music if we sing it right. Exactly, right? All right, guys. Well, we're going to end it here. If you want to call in the show and get into this craziness, how would they do so, Adam? They can call 650 UAB show. As you've seen, we had three. Beep. No, not yet. I'll 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 point to you. I'm not pointing to you yet. We had three. Oh, no, not yet, Deadgummit. We had three calls where folks uh, called in, left a message. We played all three. So next week, I want somebody new. I want somebody who's never called in, 650-UAB-SHOW. Share a hot take, a thought, a question. We'll play it on the show, and uh, and we'll, we'll have some fun. So give us a call. You dial the number on your keypad. You'll hear the beep. Leave the message. We'll play it on the show, 650-UAB-SHOW. The other way you can interact with us is on our socials. And Dave, why don't you tell them about that? Real quick. Jeffrey Martin, how many more Patreon subscribers are needed? Not sure if I can handle much more of that. Like, <laughs> at least no fewer than 146. <laughs> no, what did I say? If we get 12, so seven, then uh, yeah, we need yeah, seven six, more. If we get seven, seven, it, yeah, seven. If we get se- if we get 12, I'll stop singing. Jeffrey's like, can I make separate email accounts? <laughs> <laughs> All right, socials. So, so you too, Jeffrey Martin, for just a mere $30 a month, you could rid the world. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> rid the world? Come you on. Too, you too could help a podcast in need for less than a cup of coffee a day. Who pays $30 for a cup of coffee? $30 a day. That's okay. a dollar a day. Yeah. Keep up. Did you say you too? Did I say what? Did you say you too? Yeah. Do you want me to sing you too? It's a beautiful <laughs> day. <laughs> oh man. Oh. All right. Socials. So the I socials. At, yeah. Please. I am at D Adams 419 on all Twitter and Instagram. He is at run Ted run on just Instagram. The show is at not related bros on Twitter at unrelated at birth on Instagram, Facebook. J- like us. At facebook.com backslash unrelated birth find us on the facebook fan group uh join us we talk bunch of crap even adam posts in the facebook fan group every now and then imagine that he did it he did it tonight with he a pretty good one too that one was interesting although what? you didn't like you, you didn't say anything about mine i was kind of a little, little disappointed I was in you. At bedtime dude what you know i'm not when have i ever been instant comment back on anything that you post on facebook that, that is very true you are not a very good i'm not beyond the average response time yet don't worry and harry can we potter, say, go ahead sorry harry, harry potter and the girls were in the same room <laughs> <laughs> well the gryffindor <laughs> common the gryffindor common room yes Yes, so, exactly. So I want, I want to throw one more thing out there in addition to the socials. Look us up on YouTube, guys. We're streaming out there on both our channel and on Hanging With Web. So check out both of those. Let's get some subscribers out there. So hit yes. that notification bell, subscribe, do all the stuff on YouTube too, because that's one place where, you know, if, if we ever find the time, hopefully there will be more content. So go ahead and subscribe now. It will pay off later. So I agree. Uh, in fact, you can go back and look at some of our older videos 
pre-pandemic, <laughs> we did. We, <laughs> yeah. we had one where uh, you know we did my cruise, mine and Adam's uh, trip to uh, the Skyliner for the very first time, and Galaxy's uh, Edge for the first time for you, and and my Galaxy's Edge for the first time. So you got to see my first reaction yeah. of seeing the Millennium Falcon. So yeah, go in there. Um, Carrie says I subscribed. I need some weekly weekly content though. I get you get weekly content. You get this every week. Come on, Carrie. Be careful what you wish for. I think we need to have a minute and a half of Dave singing a random song every week on YouTube now. Hmm. Yes. Yes, Vance. Come mine some pie with me and Vance Cope. Join the pie network. Use code Runtide Run. We'll all be millionaires together in a year. What about doggy? Doggy? No. Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Doggy. Doge. Doggy. Doggy. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash unrelated at birth. Five dollars a month. Seven more, and I will not sing. For a while. For an undetermined period of time. For an undetermined amount of time. <laughs> but we'll basically hold your Patreon or your Patreon hostage, and then it'll be like, if you want me to continue not singing, it's ten dollars a month now. Ten dollars more. <laughs> Ten dollars more. Here you go. I'd rather see Dave try to mimic his daughter's dance than sing. Okay, let's do it. Okay, Dave and Ellie with a weekly TikTok that they put on YouTube. Also, I could do that. Carrie says I need Lego building with Carrie or Funko unboxing mystery. But okay, <laughs> okay. So, so Van, yeah, okay, do it. So Vance says Dogecoin you have to buy because it's already out there, right? So that ship is sailing. Pie is ground floor or basement or Chicago Spire. There you go. Hey, because vamp it a little bit. Make it. Vamp, how you, can we wrap the vamp. show? We're wrapping the show. Fine, fine. <laughs> Guys, we love you. You can hold it for 30 more seconds. Don't use my line. <laughs> go find a quote. Oh, my gosh. Guys, we love you. We truly do. Uh, we say it every week is not cliche. May the force be with you. Adam, take them home. <laughs> Thank you guys for giving us more, more of your time this week. As we talk about stuff we're passionate about, we hope you get something out of it as much as we do. And we love you guys, but not as much as Jesus does. And stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. And we will catch you next week. 